welcome to the Living in the Yum podcast. I'm your host, Emma Garrison with Balance and Bliss Coaching. We will uncover ways to break through those limiting beliefs and stand in the power of you. Each week, the Living in the Yum series brings innovative, thought-provoking, and actionable content to help you gain clarity, alignment, and connection with your soul and heart. It's time to take action. Take an authentic stand for yourself and unapologetically live more into the young every single day. Are you ready? Here we go. We have a powerhouse here to play today. Yes, and she has a voice of the angel. She's here to shift shit in this world, and I'm so stoked she's here. She is a former contestant of The Voice. She's a mega start global finalist, and she's an expression and artist development coach. She is Monique Benaboo. Welcome. Thank you, Mama. I so appreciate you having me on here. Hello, everybody. Yes. <laughs> See, I told you guys, voice of an angel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there was no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love it. Your sound bath classes, oh. I don't know what to call them, are, you know, the most angelic things ever. And I love experiencing them. And I try and find little places down here in Orange County. And I'm like, nothing compares. Mm. So everybody get up there if you're in Venice. And, uh, and want some, yeah, that ceremony, ceremony meditation, ceremony meditation. I won't be there for about a month and a half cause I'm going to be traveling, but I do do private one-on-ones, um, remotely and I'll be back at ceremony probably in December. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. So talk to us about, even if your voice shakes, this is a program that you have. Um, but I want to know what inspired it. Like, how did you get here? What led you to create this program and and what is it all about? Yeah, girl, I'm, yeah, I'm currently um, on the tail end the last two weeks of the first class of Even If My Voice Shakes and um, it's such an incredible container. Um, How Even If My Voice Shakes came about was I felt like there was a lot of talk in the personal development space about find your voice, find your voice, find your voice, find your truth, you know, tap into this, unlock this, but then there's no follow-up. And I feel like that is the case for a lot of things. You know, there's all this emphasis on the discovery and not a lot of emphasis on embodiment, maintenance, and sustainability. And this is where the work actually comes in. And this is where even if my voice shakes was actually birthed from. It was birthed from, yes, bravery is awesome, which is the essentially the exploration of finding that voice. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to find that. Mm-hmm. Raising your voice, doing something with your voice, maintaining that kind of authority and personal um, commitment to like living your truth, that's courage. And so this course was birthed from the desire to create support for individuals who are really about walking their talk, but may not yet have 
the wherewithal or the tools to walk their talk, but they desperately are like, I'm about it. I want to, if I could, I would teach me. And so this is a course in courage. This is a course in yes, discovering and tapping in and unlocking that truth and that voice, but it's now what? It's the work of now what? What do I do with it? And it's the work of coming up against all the triggers and all of the self-sabotage and all of the core wounding that block us once we say and commit and voice our truth. You know, there are multiple people always listening, multiple energies always listening when we declare something. There's our cellular body. There's our one consciousness, like that true self. Then there's the ego mind consciousness. And then, you know, you have your whole team in the unseen. But when the ego, yeah. But when the ego mind consciousness hears a declaration that is rooted in the unknown or something that may trigger unsafety, you better believe self-sabotage is headed for you. You better believe that trigger cycle is in effect and activated. And so it's about supporting people through the threshold of trigger cycles, self-sabotage, learning how to debunk it, defuse it, neutralize it, and come into right relationship with those shadow aspects that continue to keep them from going forward and getting over the next hurdle. Um, and lastly, even if my voice shakes, um, is is for like not just you know, those who have these really grand, um, big missions and visions on their souls, but it's for anyone, anyone that just has like their truth or whatever that they want to do with their life. Or like, it could be as simple as traveling, or you have a family business that you grew up in, but you don't want to be part of that family business. It's around, you know, just creating that courage to communicate that you're, you have a different, uh, interest in life and different, you want different things for yourself. So it's, it's about advocation, self-advocation. And again, having the courage to be different, having the courage to value yourself and your happiness and prioritize it anyway, mm-hmm. even if it's different from your family and the fear of like being pushed away or all those, all those fear points of like loss and rejection come up. It's like, how do we make peace with it? And how do we create a situation where you get to experience both? Yeah. I feel like we are so damn programmed and conditioned to not choose us as number one. Mm -hmm. I'm so concerned about if I say this, how will that make so-and-so feel? Or if I do this, how will somebody else respond? Or um, what will they think of me? Mm -hmm. How will people judge me? And it's like, I don't know how we got here, but sometimes as a collective, it blows my mind that we've gotten this far away from like centered self. Mm. You know, I do. How did we get here? Yeah, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of theories there. Yeah, there's a lot of theories, and I, I, we could be here all day talking about that. 
But, yeah. you know, it does come down to conditioning. It comes down to systems. It comes down to power and um, control, mm-hmm. <laughs> mind control, and how that falls into and feeds a system of money, power, greed. Um, and it's from an old paradigm, you know, like yeah. it's from a very, very old paradigm that is, what's the word? Just disconnected from their own humanity, you know? So it's, um, I would say without getting, going down the rabbit hole of conspiracy and, uh, politics, the remedy for that is for all of us to d- truly come in touch, come back into touch with our personal power and our sovereign sovereignty and um, c- come together with that voice because we outnumber no matter how you fucking slice it. We outnumber those in patriarchal power. We outnumber those in corrupt power mm-hmm. and, when we realize and wake up to the power that we actually have um, with our dollar, with our choices, with the media we watch and consume, it's game game over, game changer, new mm-hmm. game. Like everything shifts. And it's really interesting. You know, you could talk about this it's it's quite simple, but getting to that point is not simple because of all of the um, comfort zones and safety zones that we as people have that are attached to the thing that is feeding corruption. Mm-hmm. So you have things like sugar, which is the biggest drug in the world. You have things like trash media, which numbs people out, drugs, alcohol, you know, just entertainment industry in a certain light that again sells approval security and control and um when we realize that we don't need those forms of security approval and control at least from that in that regard because it's actually not it's very fair weather it's not the thing we're actually after then then there's there's opportunity to really make some shit shift quick. But it's actually getting people to wake up to that realization that what they're seeking, that payout, is not um, is not truly the value that it's being sold for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hyperbolic discounting. It's you know getting getting less now instead of more later. Yeah, it's that like uh, instant gratification. Boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a funny push and pull because you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, how did we get here? And I look around. I think similar to a lot of people who are in like the personal development, transformational space, and most of my friends and family who I've grown up with are not in it. I've like created new community here. Um, And so that gets overwhelming for me to think, because I just want to take everybody with me. (laughs) You know, I'm like, mom, dad, come on. All my friends, like, let's go, you guys. It's so awesome over here. I can't even tell you like the freedom is, you know, there's so much here. Word. And so sometimes I get frustrated in the 
um, push and pull of that. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, well, my coach, Katie, shares with me all the time, like, you will rob them of their journey if you mm-hmm. grab and pull and let's go. And so I let that circulate in my head. But the but the thing that, and then like the other side of that is once you are like just peeking through the blinds, the, for me at least, like the empowerment floodgates come rushing through just knowing, like to your point, you have there's choice. You get to choose mm-hmm. how you're responding, what you're consuming, whether that's like into your body or like, you know, into your body. <laughs> um, and with that choice, we get to pick when to use our voice. We get to pick when to show up and like do it big. And, and it's still all a choice just with way more information and backing in the realms of what you're choosing. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've heard you talk about before that I don't know that it's something that's in your face as you move through this world of speaking my truth, here's my voice. And that is what it means to be honest with yourself. Ooh, girl. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you share with us about that? Like, what does it really mean? What is the experience of, what is the process of, how do I get there and be aware of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do my best to articulate this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... That thing I was talking about, courage, courage starts with the willingness to become honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. That is the only place that the journey starts. Because if you cannot identify it, if you cannot get real with yourself or are not willing to get real with yourself, you cannot go through the necessary steps um, of becoming bigger than it, it will, as long as you have a blind spot to something that is running or influencing you, it controls you. And as long as you're controlled by something, regardless of whether you are consciously aware of it or subconsciously aware of it, which we're always subconsciously aware of something, there is, there will be a rebellion or a cycle of self-sabotage or a cycle of self-destructive patterning or behavior that will come and taunt you until you give in. Um, this is why we have such a huge binge culture, such a huge, um, like, uh, spontaneous retail culture. Um, it's, it's, it's like spontaneous combustion behavior because something is like something in you is creating this itch. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing that we have that blind eye to. Um, that's the thing that's activating that. And because you want control, it's a way of feeling in control of something. But the control comes from looking at the shit that's controlling you. But because it's attached 
to things. And maybe there are stories like, oh, I'm making it mean this about me. What does that actually, what does that mean about me? If this is what I do, when we look and we examine our behaviors, if I see something that I'm maybe even judging another person for, and I didn't realize I was doing it, what does that mean about me now? Right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's opening the gates to real emotion like shame, mm-hmm. like embarrassment, like um, illegitimacy, like you're a fraud uh, or a hypocrite. Um, then you have like the more basic things like I'm a bad person or, um, you just, so many things come from there. Then the action from shame and all that come through, which is like, I can't let anyone know this about me. And yes. then that solidifies and then you begin to withdraw. And as you withdraw, the first time you withdraw and, you know, you can trace that shit back to like childhood. Mm-hmm. It gives the system permission to continue to withdraw. And then you are now in the development of all these different patternings and you begin to shut down, run, all these different things spring from the unwillingness to look at oneself and get real with oneself. Now, how to look at oneself that's a spiritual motherfucking thing. Okay. (laughs) Um, personally, (laughs) my journey with that, um, started off with plant medicines, Mm. um, because that was such a radical shift in perspective in sitting in plants medicine ceremony that, um, and it was also a really great experience because I, was able to have a, a perspective of myself that I feared. Like I feared having a different perspective and seeing all these things. But the ceremony, well, as it was revealing itself to me, wasn't scary. Mm. It was beautiful. Mm. And because it was from this place of neutrality where I didn't actually make anything mean anything about me. I just saw it and I saw that I could shift it. And Also, something I'll just seed because I don't really know how to describe getting on the other side. Like, I don't know how to really give a breakdown for the willingness aspect. That's a choice. You know, that's the tough work that no one else can do for you. But I will say that if you're willing to get honest with yourself about shit that you judge others for, that you too are doing, there is so much opportunity for learning in that space. There's so much opportunity for softening, for learning compassion. Um, And most likely the thing that you are expressing that you've been judging others for, the people that you're judging most likely are people that are close to you. And so the payout here is that you now can create, you can now take a step closer to those people that you love, that you've been like loving from afar because of these judgments and the behaviors that you see them express. It doesn't make their behavior right. And it doesn't make your behavior right. But now you have compassion because you understand how someone could actually behave that way. Mm -hmm. And so if you have compassion, if you have understanding You can build from that. You can build intimacy. You can build conversation. You now have a relating point with this person that you thought you didn't relate to. 
and it's beautiful. And oftentimes these blind spots, when we look at ourselves, they also birth uh, a lot of purpose or at least cornerstones to our purpose. Um, so there's a huge payout in looking at it. It's very much emotionally and spiritually incentivized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, I can offer that. Yeah. I really love that you brought up the compassion piece um, because this can be really effective, this pattern of looking inward and seeing what's going on and what's showing up. If you can stay in the um, space that you said plant medicine allowed you to sit in, which is just, I'm noticing so I can choose. So I can either choose to stay this way or choose to change or choose whatever freaking path I want. And human nature, or at least our conditioning and programming in this lifetime is when we look at ourselves, we judge, 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 judge too. Yeah. Like self-hate, the shame, the guilt, the, um, oh my gosh, nobody will love me if they knew this about me, that component. And mm-hmm. so I think the compassion and self-forgiveness comes so close and needs to be very tightly tied with the getting honest with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And not to say like, don't feel the feels, like feel the shame. Okay. And then what? Right. Always. And then what? Yeah. You know, when it comes to feelings, it's yes, feel it fully. And then what? Like, there's so much here, you know, there's, this can go with it. When you, when you, dive into this work, there are so many stages and so many processes that support. And it's hard to like, comprise it in a compact in a, in a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, like forgiveness is the next stage, right? And it's also self acceptance, and acceptance of others. And, you know, there something that came through when you were speaking was, um, when we make like, we, get in the trap of our feelings mm. when we begin, when the stories begin to activate and form, like when we make it mean something about us and when we make things mean something about others. Um, there's something that I don't think we talk about very often. And I mentioned it a little bit or with the word neutrality. Um, so we're human beings and by being human beings, with a brain, um, a higher spiritual consciousness, and then a human-based consciousness, which is also called logic and reason, we are constantly looking for information to make things mean things about us, to create um, a roadmap, to also calculate and in real time do risk management for survival. We're constantly walking around making sure that we don't die. Mm -hmm. Like that is always running. The ego is always making sure and calculating. Have you ever noticed yourself just walking and like, maybe you're not judging, but you're like, oh, that person has a hat there. Oh, that's a da-da. Oh, that's interesting choice of clothing. And oh, da-da-da-da. And this lights this. And just like noticing like the just information in, that is the ego scanning your surroundings, especially women, because we have something called 
diffuse awareness, which is anything that we see is information into the system. And it's constantly, constantly calculating to keep us safe. If we can zoom out a little bit and we and and come back to this understanding that as humans, we are story-based human beings for the emotional experience of things and for the for the survival aspect of our nature as human beings. Now, past the story, you come into value, like what we make things mean. You can have a story, but then you create meaning under the story, mm-hmm. right? You have a ledger, you choose words, you string words together that have a meaning to you Sometimes others share that meaning, but oftentimes we have, we all have our own value on the same word. And so you, I will create a story and then I will create its meaning. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I'll use words that already have the meaning. I believe that this story represents, and that is filtering through my life experiences, my traumas, my childhood my experiences, what I've been conditioned and exposed to and the results that I've seen. And that then filters how I think about it, what I make it mean about me, what I make it mean about others. And then my, it influences my choices. And usually it's all around safety, security, and control. So if we move to a place of neutrality where we don't make things mean anything and that boy just physically hit that girl. That's neutral. Doesn't mean anything until we give it value. Like he's an asshole. He is a bad person. There's also no context. Mm-hmm. So maybe that woman stole his wallet. And we see him tackle her, but we didn't see her steal his wallet. So now we give value based off of that man being a woman beater or physically abusive, but we have no context. Why? For me personally, it would trigger me because I've been in a domestically violent relationship and That's a sore spot for me. Mm -hmm. And without any work behind it, it would also look like man hate. So default, he's wrong. Mm -hmm. See how that works. And then it works with everything in our life. Everything in our life. Especially the what do we make this mean about me? Yeah. And that doesn't even have to be around action. It could be around, fuck, I'm in a relationship and I'm physically attracted to another person. That means I'm fucking cheating. That means something's wrong with me. That means, oh my God, does that mean that I'm not happy in my relationship? No, motherfucker. That means you're a human hot-blooded being (laughs) and it's in our nature to be attracted to things. Does that mean you act on it? No. Yeah. So, so like, you know, that's my, that's my piece on neutrality and making things mean things, um, and how we create a lot of our suffering based off the value we assign these stories. Yeah. And I, 
I want to highlight too. So this is, um, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but just for the people listening in, uh, what Mo just described is a lot of the work that comes from NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and understanding how our five senses collect data for us and then map it against our experiences to make sense of it. And that um, deletion, distortion, and generalization is in service to the survival of like making sense of all the data coming at us every millisecond of every day because it's like unbearable almost how much comes at us. So these stories happen out of, um, to some degree, like survival to make choices and they're going to happen forever. It's always going to be going on. It's just a matter of going back to, okay, can I get curious about this? Like you were saying and, um, pay attention to it, notice it, see what comes up. Uh, and then choose from there. And this question I love that you've been bringing up too is, and this is like my all time favorite thing from this work is asking, what are you making that mean about you to myself, to other people, just everything, because that's where the emotional charge usually is. So, I mean, that's a huge nugget that if, if anyone's listening and thinking, hmm, what do I think about that? I challenge you to just get curious and ask yourself that question when you feel an emotional charge, because half the time, whatever you're making it mean isn't true or is in service to a belief that you already have wired. And just by getting curious about it, you can rewire and rechoose what you want to do with that data. Yes. Boom, baby. Way to bring that full circle. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm a sucker for NLP. And I think there's some pieces missing in the NLP stuff too. So I love these conversations to fill in the the gaps. Beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the other thing too that I think when I think about um, even if your voice shakes and speaking your truth and getting into that that realm – that I think is sometimes overlooked is, and I experienced this a lot this weekend at Bridge and Extreme, which is, yeah, uh, life-changing. And Mm -hmm. on the other side of that fear that bubbles up when it comes to speaking your truth or standing in your power or whatever it is that you're looking to, to do or have or a conversation or whatever is the biggest sense of freedom. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of expansion there. And that can be triggering too. Mm. Space, clearing space. The freedom. It's so fucking worth it. It's so beautiful. That's what we're all kind of after. I don't know anyone that's looking for a cell. Maybe, maybe you know, subcon- like on that shadow side, self-sabotaging tip totally. But... <laughs> If we were given a choice, like we're all after that expansion, that freedom. And when I think about it too, if, if there are woundings and core wounds and, um, and limiting beliefs and, um, what we, what we call upper limit problems or upload upper limit issues around like, okay, that's, that's as good as it's going to get. 
Um, when we experience that space, when we clear something, when we forgive, when we um, get everything into alignment, when we have that expansion, and that freedom, there is definitely cause for oh shit to happen too. Mm-hmm. I apologize if that's not where you wanted to take this, but that's just what came into me. Yeah, let it roll. Yeah, I don't know if anyone can relate to this listening, but it's very true for me. It's the too good to be true trap. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and it's it's when you've been conditioned. I liken it to a dog who's been beaten for most of its life and then is rehomed, and now has new caregivers. They go to pet him, and he he or she like twitches back in fear that they're going to be hit. They think they're going to be hit, but they just want to be, the owner wants to give them love and adornment. And it's the same with life. You know, we're used to be, when we live in survival mode, our conditioning is to be hit and self-protect. And then all of a sudden when we do this work and we change our life, it's about now upgrading the mentality hardwiring new synapse synaptic connections to say that it's meant to be good and then looking to see what's still left in the body that says this this isn't safe to be it's not safe to thrive um because survival mode while we don't want to be in it and it's fucking exhausting and it's not sustainable and it creates disease, mental illness, all of these different things, autoimmune, you know, it creates all these different things. The fucking threshold to go from living in survival mode to living in a place where literally there is nothing fucking wrong and the only thing that could go wrong is something that you self-induce or create Mm -hmm. because the discomfort of everything being okay triggers it's too good to be true this won't last I don't want to get attached or okay like attached to the fact that everything is okay and I'm happy and I've never been this happy before like that joy alarm. This is too much joy. How, how willing, oh my God, this is so fucking real for me right now too, by the way. Mm-hmm. P.S. The work doesn't stop. And that doesn't mean that it needs to be exhausting and you need to be in process and breakdown all the time. It just it means that new level, new devil. Your shit just resets every time you level up. I love that. Yeah. And, and, and you go through the same thing and it's an alchemization. You're not just going to be like, here, you want to focus on this part of your healing. Here's the whole fucking thing you need to heal. That's not how it works. You'll shut down. That's just too much on the system. Mm -hmm. So you take it layer by layer. And as you evolve a new, it's like the onion, it's a new layer of that core wound shows itself, exposes that self. How do you be with it? And it, like, that's where I'm personally at right now is a new layer of too good to be true. I just got my money in order for the first time in my life. I don't actually, I'm not worrying about my bank accounts being levied, my taxes that I owe. Everything is in fucking order. I have, I just started, um, uh, like creating spreadsheets and, um, 
budgeting every month and I'm chilling right now. And now I'm about to also go travel. And this happens every time that I go and I travel, especially without my partner, who is my quote unquote security blanket. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to die. There's always this like train of thought that's like, okay, get your shit in order because you might not come back. And, and it's just like, well, why wouldn't I come back? Well, it's like, well, everything is good. Like it can't get any better than this. Like, right. Like, or the fear that something bad will happen because things are so good. Oh my God, my finances are in order. I'm not worrying about my accounts being levied. My partner fucking loves me. I live in one of the most expensive places in the world and I have an ocean view. My, I'm getting clients every single day right now. I am obsessed with the clients that I do have and the work that I'm doing. My album is almost done. I mean, I can keep going. I'm about to travel and go to Brazil and I'm in, I, all my, all my bills are paid for, for the next few months. Like how much better can it get? That scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. Because it's really about the loss. It's about the attachment, right? To how good we've actually created something to be, how good we've, how much we've allowed for it to be in our favor. Because we're not used to it. We have, we have much more proof and data that says it's going to go awry then we have proof that it's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And so the threshold of balancing this shit out is a, is a lifetime long game. And so this is where we get to come into right relationship with attachment. It's the healthy understanding that life is going to life, but that you don't have to create issues to feel safe. You don't have to be in survival mode to feel safe. You can thrive and feel safe. And that safety comes from staying in your heart, staying in the body, being in alignment. Because when you're in alignment and you're in your body, your intuition will never fucking fail you. Mm -hmm. When you're in the head, it's very hard to discern a real threat versus an ego threat. That is a fucking mirage (laughs) yeah I'm curious your perspective on um because the two things that are coming up for me in this conversation one is the like identity question like if I'm not xyz then what am I and then and then the um like if I'm not worried about my finances what am I right I'm focused on the shit I actually want to do, (laughs) (laughs) which then, which then invites responsibility and ownership, which is also equally triggering and scary. You can't hide motherfuckers. You can't hide. Yeah. We cannot hide. (laughs) Totally. And like your point to all of these layers too, there's so much of the subconscious work. Like we're going to, um, not have finances aligned. So this is our hyper focus. I experienced the same thing. Like, Money is always on my mind in the sense of like, what are we going to do? I sit in scarcity so hard with money, like 95% Mm -hmm. of the time. And then the other 5%, I'm like abundance, abundance, abundance. But it's like such a push and pull game. And it's such a distractor. Like that is what these different subconscious games show up as for us. This is like my belief around it because 
the ego is scared of what's going to happen when I step the fuck up. Yeah. And get in the game. Yeah, it's the being seen. It's the fear of losing it all. You know, it's the fear of failure, fear of loss that is underneath the fear of success. Mm-hmm. It's about the loss. Yeah. And, you know, there's a healthy pill called none of it's really ours to begin with. And this is all a privilege and a gift to experience it. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But to just try Try that one on every day, you know, um, there's also a meditation around like a die, a death meditation. That's really great to practice. If this is super hardcore present for you around attachments and fear of things, um, like leaving, especially if you have a core wounding of abandonment and loss, um, which is one of mine, um, doing a death meditation every, every day, um, at the end of the day and just like, it, it puts things into perspective of like everything is a gift. And so the triggers of this will be taken from you um, is diffused because you're like, no, duh. I practice this shit every night and this is a gift. So if I know that eventually I'm going to go, let me just let me be here now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an acceptance around it, which is really hard. It's really fucking hard. Yeah. And, you know, it may only help a little bit or it may not help at all, but there is something else that will help. And at the end of the day, the effort and why we do it is so that eventually it goes from the mind, it goes from a thought, which is the easier said than done, into the wisdom and the embodied knowing, which lands and seeds and sprouts and grows and anchors in the body. Um, and that, again, this is all, you know, people come into personal development with the promise from a lot of coaches and the expectation from a lot of clients or participants that shit is going to change overnight. And that is not, this is not a quick fix situation. This is a, a lifestyle and a long game. And even though it's a long game and you're not going to get a quick fix, you're not going to have that hyperbolic discounting of instant gratification, but that's unsustainable. You will have a life when you zoom out, you will have a lifetime of experiences and a quality of life that is significantly better than most people who choose instant gratification and band-aiding shit. Mm-hmm. And if you believe on the spiritual level that we are spiritual beings or souls having a human experience, then you know that you're doing work for another lifetime as well. And you know that that's your same consciousness will come back where you left off. So do the work. Otherwise it's evolve or repeat which is actually the name, by the way, of my next program that I'm, that I'm, uh, um, launching. And I think I'm going to name my album that Ooh. I might change the name of my album to evolve or repeat. Cause it's so fucking relevant for me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I could seriously chat with you all day going down these conversations. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, <laughs> 
and tell the people how to get in contact with you, how they can work with you. What offerings do you have? How can, yeah. how can someone get involved? Amazing. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Yeah. Um, and you know, if there's space, we can come back in, in like four or five months and do another one of these on something. Hell yeah. I'm down. Do um, <laughs> um, look at me just inviting myself <laughs> over to your house. Yeah, get over here, girl. Let's do it. Um, okay, y'all. So if you are loving what I'm putting down and you're really feeling me um, and you want to just have another conversation, you know, best way to reach out is um, on my Instagram at Monique Benabu, and we'll have that in the show notes. Um, I have a link tree and you can book a 30-minute um, call with me if you're interested for one-on-one coaching. And the one-on-one coaching that I offer is um, I do executive one-on-one coaching for those who are really established and successful um, and are also feeling kind of disconnected and numb with their roles and their life. And I come in and I support going deeper and clear, helping to support the clearing of blocks that are not allowing for you to uh, access that self-expression and that connectivity and that artistry to your gifts. Um, I'm a huge advocate of that. We are all artists at some degree and that it's about um, really properly identifying with who we are and how we be. And that artistry is literally the highest level of mastery someone can have in their craft. And so if you're an engineer, if you're a data scientist, if you're an architect, you know, these are all artists, patterns, artists, um, architectural artists for engineers, um, finance would be a numbers, uh, a patterns artist. So the, the not obvious roles are still artistic um, in its mastery. Um, so that's one, one avenue of one-on-one work that I do. And then the other one-on-one work I do is, um, artist development. It's high level artist development for somebody who is ready to like go all in on developing, um, their, their art, whether that's in music, visually, um, or it's an artistic approach to their business that they're building. Um, I support from ideation to launch. And um, again, it's really about, you know, working through those thresholds and holding the space for those thresholds and teaching individuals how to get the fuck out of their way and like get back and recommit to those basics when they're ready to shut down um, and it's getting too hard. Um, so I support artists and creatives in that. And then my group coaching programs, which I just, I love them so much. Um, I will be launching, even if my voice shakes, um, class two, uh, around February and my next group coaching program that I'm going to offer is a very quick four week, um, new year's vamp up. This is for those who are ready to make 2020. You've done your work. You're ready to like seed 2020 so fucking powerfully get everything aligned and flush out the remaining remnants of limiting beliefs and like really set yourself up with a 360 view of your blind spots and 
of what you get to be mindful of and where your focus is going to be. It's called Evolve or Repeat. And this is going to be a four-week going hard boot camp getting ready for 2020 because ain't nobody got time to fuck around. The volume (laughs) continues to turn up and it literally is like get on the bus or get left in no man's land. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. I love it. Um, yeah, Yeah. like Mo said, everything will be linked below. So, um, just give it a click, get connected. She's amazing. Um, and I'm so grateful that you were here and down to jam and it was the best and I can't wait to do it again. Thank you. My yum, yum queen. That's what I'm gonna call you from now on. My yum, yum queen. Um, I'll also um I'll also share some links for music you guys cuz music is my heart and soul and it is like my number one tool when it comes to coaching it's how I actually um get those messages deeper into the systems of my clients because music has this incredible technology that just allows the information to go in and bypass that motherfucking ego Yes. and like land and have that emotional connection to the work. So I will share all the things. Yes. Amazing. Such a gift. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Love you. Love Thanks you. y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this week's episode or any episode of living in the Yum podcast, please show it some love on whatever platform you use. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your neighbors. I work with clients in one-on-one settings all around the world and have group programs available as well. Let's get connected. Contact me at emma.m.garrison on Instagram or sign up for a discovery call at www.balanceandblisscoaching.com.